Hey everyone, welcome to The Others Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Penny. Taking a break from our usual scheduled service, however you want to say it. Something a bit different this week. We're not going to be discussing any kind of specific track or probably even any NERD or Neptunes or Pharrell-related stuff. In these strange times, we're going to potentially produce a strange podcast. So... To do so, I've joined. I'm joined by the strangest person I possibly know. That's my uh, my good friend Tom Comey. You'll know him from podcasts such as Shotgun the Orcs. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Self isolating, working from home, all of that good stuff during these unprecedented times. Locking yourself down. Exactly. Doing the responsible thing, as everyone else fucking should, unless they're on the front line. Because, um, yeah, my missus is working at the hospital. She can't have a day off doing nothing. Poor girl. Poor girl. I know, mate. She's a, he- she's a real hero. <laughs> yeah, she she's starting to think that's kind of one of these um, kind of government manipulation tactics like they did in the war. But, you know, it is what it is. Ultimately, the NHS, like, are there to, to help the needy and, and the sick. So it's good that they still have to get on with things. Um it's just, it's just, yeah, I'm concerned, man, but it's one of those, isn't it? Indeed. But it's good that people such as yourself are locked away from the general public. Many, many people would say that should probably have happened a long time ago, in your case, to be fair, but... Yeah, um, it's one of those. Did you, see that, did you see that meme where it just said, um, like, everybody normally, and it's just like a family on, like, tablets and iPhones, and it just says everyone during quarantine, and everyone's just, like, flocking in fields and beaches and public areas... Absolute fuckwits. The government uh, won't tell us what to do. I know. I know, honestly. It's just people think that they're exempt from a virus. It's like, yeah. not, just do your part, stay at home. But yeah, we were talking, I think, last week, weren't we, about uh, recording something, and we just thought, well, while it's kind of strange times going on, let's uh, let's just sit down, have a chat about random shit or whatever we want to chat about i've made no notes well i've made very little notes um so i've come very unprepared i think you have as well so we're just going to uh chat about all things i think music movies tv all that good stuff and uh see what happens basically yeah i think that's good man i mean i've, I've listened to a few albums recently which we can get into but um have you guys got um disney plus in finland yeah, or... No, it's still not launched yet. I saw it launched in the uh, in the UK. Was it today? Yeah, or yesterday. Um, but no, still not here yet. Ah, shame, man. I mean, I, I checked the content this morning, and it's actually it's actually good, man. It's um it's got kind of the whole yeah. It's got it's got a lot of options. Um, we we've split it three ways with Danielle's brother and um, I think her parents as well. So it, it came to about fifteen pound each. For the year. So you've gone for the year, yeah. Which was ideal, really. Um, I'd already seen The Mandalorian, though, through um, means that will make the baby Jesus cry, but oh well. <laughs> and what did you think of it? Because I still haven't got around to watching it yet. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I think it's um, very much like, you know, Saturday morning kind of serial type show. You know, it's like more of a Western than a science fiction. Um yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's um, it, they've kind of stripped it back and they've, they've simplified it somewhat, you know. There's a lot less like bells and whistles and like CGI. It's more, it's a lot of practical effects. Just, um, and it's 
I guess even though there is like an arc and um, a storyline that runs throughout it, you can probably watch individual episodes in any order after you've seen it once, you know. It's kind of um, like individual kind of narratives contained within episodes, which is pretty cool. Um, besides that, it's got The Simpsons on there, man. It's got all 30 seasons, so I'm going to start at the beginning. I've got all the time in the world now, man. I'm going to start with the... Um, Season one, episode one, and literally all the time in the world. Well, I'll probably get up to like season ten or eleven, where where it just gets terrible. Yes, <laughs> and it just start again. <laughs> That's the problem with the Simpsons. It gets to a certain point, and it uh, rapidly goes off the rails and becomes uh, not brilliant watching. Yeah, I think it's because they lost like most of their writing staff. Like their, their core writing staff in the first like seven or eight seasons was like. Yeah, you know, like second to none. Um, I think they've only got like a handful, a handful of the original writing staff now, which makes a lot of sense. It's just like a parody of itself, isn't it? Like all the characters are just like so one-dimensional now. Um, it's it's embarrassing, but um, <laughs> it's still cool to you know, um, yeah, it's still good to revisit some of the old ones because the writing back then was just absolutely amazing. Um, some of like the storylines and some of the jokes that you kind of you don't necessarily pick up as a kid, but you, you watch as an adult and you think, Jesus Christ, how did I? Yeah, definitely. Something? That's the thing. Like they they have it on TV here, like every night um, on like the the Fox Channel here, and I think they'd show two or three episodes. And you know, like my kid likes to sit there and watch it after his dinner, um, sit on the sofa for an hour and just watch Simpsons. But I'll normally call him at that time and he'll be like, oh, I'm watching The Simpsons. Have you seen this episode? And I'll sit there and kind of watch it with him. And some of the stuff they kind of come out with, I'm like, should I be letting a nine... Does, does my nine-year-old son get that? Should I be letting him watch this? Oh, that's a bit risque. Yeah, I guess that's kind of like the genius of his writing. Well, some of it anyway, like the older episodes, it's kind of almost like kids would not get it. They wouldn't have that kind of, you know, um, would pick up on some of the some of the references and stuff. Um, but because of it, you know, it's colourful cartoon characters and stuff, it's a lot of fun. You're just kind of like, oh, right, yeah, yeah, it's The Simpsons. So it's, yeah, man, um, I'm going to get stuck into that. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've been watching. Um, I watched The Invisible Man, um, which is uh, which came out on Blumhouse recently. I think basically we had like a really very limited release in theatres for obvious reasons. And then... Um, they, they basically like fast tracked it to streaming platforms and well, or streaming platforms or like pay-per-view and that kind of thing. So I checked that out. Um, it's got, what's, what's the name of the actress who's in um, A Handmaid's Tale? Is it? Oh, um, Elizabeth. Elizabeth Moss, is it? Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Yeah. Um, so she just looks kind of like permanently like bemused and tired. Um, but I think she's, I really rate her as, a, as an actor. Um, it was, have you seen it yet? Before I've I... not yet. No, it's on my uh, on my list. I know you mentioned it to me the other week. Yeah, um, but I still haven't got round to it yet. I won't give any give anything away, but it's um kind of a obviously like a horror thriller. It's kind of a rough, like a, a modern retelling of like of the classic um, monster story. Um, but it's um not monster horror story, but it, it's 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 done really well, man. It's um um. No, is your answer to that? <laughs> oh, my secret my secret chat messages have been uh, given away. Yeah, sorry, mate. I was wondering. I thought I thought Skype was um, crashing. Um, 
That's yeah, right. So, so, so if anyone is listening and they're get, hearing an echo that I can't get out of the edit, then that's because Tom has come unprepared and does not have earphones. But you've got, you know, you've got bigger fish to fry at this point in time, I should imagine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, get over yourselves and your delicate sensibilities. Um, and big up Steve for always doing a fantastic job with the edit. Um, but anyway, yeah, back to the film. It was um, it was very like atmospheric. It's classic Blumhouse. I think obviously like a very very limited budget, but you know they get massive returns. Um, but as a result of that, they churn out loads of shit as well. So you've got kind of you know the, the Invisible Man and like Get Out and all of these kind of bigger kind of more I guess um, I, I guess more highbrow horror films. But then they have this kind of like I guess filmography of really really terrible shoddy you know rushed to pieces films and um yeah it almost kind of but they still operate on the same model they just put very little money into it and they they get a lot back um so i watched that um how about you mate before i start rambling on anymore i was trying to think earlier of what films i've watched recently um there's not been that many to be honest um, I'm very, very behind on movie stuff uh, in the last sort of, year or so. But the four that I kind of thought of, of the last, let's say, six months maybe, which I remember, which kind of stand out because they were really good. Um, obviously, the two big ones, Parasite and Joker. Mm-hmm. Two brilliant films. Um, Uncut Gems, another kind of fairly recent one uh, out on Netflix, which... I avoided for a long time because of the the kind of cast. Um, But then having seen all the reviews, I thought, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to go for it. Very pleasantly surprised. I think that was an excellent film. Oh, no, Adam Sandler, he can act when he wants to. I think he's... um, And that's the thing. That's what put me off because obviously all his other Netflix things he, he has done in the past, you know, they've... They look at the data and they've thrown money at him and said, you know, make one of your ridiculous comedies even if it's not good because they know it's going to you know get the view views back make the money back they have all that data so that kind of put me off of it originally just the fact that he was in that kind of lead character mm. but um yeah having watched it yeah it's uh, he plays it brilliantly there's some good twists in it it gets quite dark in some places it um, is it's really worth a watch. It's basically just like people shouting in each other's faces for the duration. But that's what I know, when I've I watched never... it with the person I was there with. That's the one thing that um, kind of annoyed me, I guess, a little bit and just irritated me a bit. Just the the shoutiness of the whole movie. It, it plays up to that real kind of New York stereotype in your face type of uh, type of person and attitude. I think at the same time though that that really like that was intentional, you know, to create that, like, anxiety. It was very, like, anxiety-inducing. I was watching it, and I was just, like, really on edge the entire time Um, because it was really, like, fast-paced. It was really, like, you know, full of kind of obnoxious characters, as I say, like, shouting in each other's faces the entire time. But the the guys who directed it, their brothers are called, like, the Safdie brothers, I think, or something like that. And they did Good Times as well um, with uh, Robert Pattinson, which came out a couple of years ago, which is a, essentially a heist movie about two brothers. Uh, and that was really, really good. So if, if, if you like good times and uh, sorry, if you like uncut gems and check out good times, it's, um, it's stylistically very similar, but it's all kind of carried by the central performances. So Robert Pattinson, like does a sterling job in that as does, uh, I was going to say Ben Stiller, like kind of interchangeable in my mind sometimes. 
um, but uh, Adam Sandler. But did you watch that? Um, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't the Academy Awards. It was some other award ceremony where Adam Sandler won it for um, for the film, and he his acceptance speech was absolutely amazing. I think I must have missed that. It was so good. He just went up and just took the piss. He was just like, hello, my name is Adam Sandler. And he was just like, it's been about 10 years since the critics didn't pretend to fucking hate me because he did that <laughs> punch drunk love years ago, didn't he? Uh, that um, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson film. And, um, and <laughs> yeah, he just went on to say basically that this awards is like akin to the best personality awards, whereas the Oscars is the best looking award. And he's like, but their looks will fade in time. <laughs> but I was just like, you know what, Adam Sandler? And he he kind of like referenced the fact that people just give him sacks of money to make ridiculous shitty films and, you know, kind of shrugged it off. I was like, you know, you just became my new personal hero, man. My that's one thing, I do, that's one thing I do like about him, like over the years when you see him appear on um kind of the late night chat shows and stuff. I think he, he is very aware of um this perception of him and the the fact that a lot of his films that he makes aren't um aren't all that good to be perfectly honest and he knows he gets paid a shitload of money for it i kind of like the fact that he just gets like a big sack of cash from from the um the studio from netflix just gathers up all his mates flies them to a tropical location and just like pisses about and then there you go there's a film and it's just like anyone would do the same. Do you know what I mean? It's um, I think it was in extras, you know, that Ricky Gervais show where I remember a scene where because um, he's being really kind of picky with the roles um, his agent's getting for him. And his agent just says to him, look, do you want like, you know, credibility? Do you want people to take you seriously or do you want to make money? Or like, do you know what I mean? Like, because very few people have both. He was like, you either kind of sell out or you know it's it's very hard to do both so i think adam sanders like the, the personification of that but um yeah definitely uh joker i saw a while ago um what was the other film you mentioned it was um uh parasite parasite yeah we watched that sometime before the oscars um <laughs> i really enjoyed it man i think um because it's the thing i noticed because obviously it's got that kind of you know very um you know the, the commentary is very it's not on the nose but it's it's kind of obvious when you know what you know what it's all about you know kind of the social classism and all of that kind of stuff and um you can kind of watch it in in several different ways and and also i found that none of the characters are actually kind of unlikable if that makes sense so you cut like you don't dislike the the rich people because they're not particularly um like mean or cruel they're just kind of don't know. I mean, besides the guy making some kind of, um, you know, comments towards, you know, the smell of poor people and stuff like that, they're not evil people, if that makes sense. And yeah. likewise, the, the poor aren't either. So it's very kind of, it's not binary. It's not black and white. Um, what did you think, like, without giving it away? Like, did you like the ending? I I did. I, um, I like that kind of, yeah, twist at the end, that kind of onset of madness. That uh, that kind of happens there, and um, yeah, I, I, I didn't really see it coming. Yeah, there was a few a few twists and things throughout the movie. And for those listening, Tom has just run off to get some earphones so that we can try and get rid of this echo. But um, yes, if you're not if you've not seen Parasite, then 
most definitely give it a watch. It was uh, an unexpected pleasure, um, to be honest. Bear with me, folks. I'm hoping this doesn't, because um, it's only got one output. Hello? Hello. Can you hear me now? Yes. And is it picking up? It sounds fine now. Wonderful. Nice one. Brilliant. There we go. So if you've uh, been listening for the first 10, 15 minutes and you've put up with that awful echo, which I may not have been able to get rid of, uh, hopefully it should be gone by now. But uh, and yeah, the last, the last one I was going to mention as well was um, 1917. I finally got around to watching that properly um, a few days ago, in fact. And I thought that was, uh, again, a lot better than I expected it to be. Um, brilliantly shot and directed, uh, probably even betterly edited together after in terms of the way it's shot. So if you haven't seen 1917, you know, it's essentially what a two-hour movie but the way it's kind of cut together, it's just all one, or looks to be all one continuous shot from start to end. And that really does take some um, editing magic, let's say. Have you um, have you seen Hunters yet? That was on Amazon Prime recently. No, it's I've not. Starring uh, Don Cacino. If you, that, was, that was a Jack and Jill reference. Um, no, Al Pacino's in it. So obviously that was kind of what like drew me in to watch it. Um, it's been kind of slated by critics uh, due to kind of the controversial way that it's kind of tackled the subject matter. Do you know what it's about? Like, I don't know. I, I know I know of the movie, but I don't know much about it. It's a series. It's about um, like Nazi hunters in New York. So it's um, basically like a it's kind of in glorious bastards type flex. You know, they're kind of a group of like a ragtag group of um of of jewish people well not even just jewish people but kind of um various uh let's just say like minorities um who are like persecuted during the war all coming together in the uh, is it 60s or 70s might be the 60s uh in new york city to kind of um hunt the remaining nazis are kind of fled and hiding among society but it's very like sensationalized it's not it's not you know it's, it's done with a kind of like comic book sheen to it do you know what i mean and um i think it's just the the flippancy of some of the uh the way some of it's treated is what pissed people off um i've got kind of a different view i think it's kind of it, it ultimately the holocaust is always going to be a really sensitive subject matter and people are always going to be very kind of um vocal about you know or, or very i don't know it, it's, it's a tough one i'm not like disagreeing or agreeing with anyone's like objections to it um i'm just saying that in my opinion it's kind of it's a fictional show based on something terrible that happened if that makes sense um but my issue with it with it wasn't so much the uh, the subject matter it was just the um it was the, the tone of the show was quite muddled it didn't really know what it wanted to be it was good like it, it started like it was really really gripping but it was kind of part like crime thriller part like superhero type comic book show um but then they tried to throw in really like earnest like you know saccharine moments as well as you would expect but because it was just tonally kind of all over the place yeah but it wasn't the worst thing i'd seen it wasn't as bad as like the critics would lead you to believe um 
I'm not going to say it was like irresponsible or anything either, because ultimately, like, it's a TV show. Um, and Al Pacino was really, really good in it. But yeah, it was it was just an interesting little watch. I'm, I'll be interested to see if they actually get commissioned for a second season based on the response it had. I'll definitely have to download that one and uh, check it out. And The Outsider as well. Have you seen that yet? No. Um, it's a Stephen King slash Dennis Lehane co-written series. Um, I think Jason Bateman directed some, if not all of it. Um, and he like stars in it and it's got like Ben Mendelsohn. It's got other, it's got a really good cast. It's really well made. It's on HBO and it's about like a child. They, they find like the body of a child at the beginning. And it's um, so you get like the Dennis Lehane vibes of the, you know, the true crime thriller type stuff. But then later on, it's, it's more of like a supernatural element um, is at play. So you can tell like the influence from both writers, which is pretty cool. But yeah, besides that, man. I'm just struggling to think of all the things I've been watching. Been- well, speaking of um, Jason Bateman, uh, the new series of Ozark starts in a few days, ah, season three. I've oh, been really, nice. I've really enjoyed the first two seasons of it. I know it's got kind of mixed reviews here and there, but I've, um, I quite liked it. The second season was a, little, a bit slow, but I'm looking forward to the third season definitely. Yeah, I like Ozark. Um, yeah, yeah. Wow, I didn't even realise that was coming up. Who's the, um, the Scottish actor who plays like the heroin farmer? Um, oh, I've got no idea of the name, but I know who you mean. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's I think it's really good. But I'll need to probably watch the last episode of the. Or, yeah, you know, or at least watch a couple of episodes from the last season just to kind of recap because. Um, yeah. Yeah, these things all kind of. I, I watch so much stuff, I forget a lot. I don't retain it all. No, I'm the same. That's why I had to sit here for like 10 minutes before trying to flick through my... I've got an app where I track everything that I watch. And I had to like sit there flicking through that to like work out what I'd seen. Yeah, man. A few other recommendations from my side, I think from recently. Um, well, we've got the, the new series of Westworld has started. That's on, I think we've had episode two um, last night or today, this morning. Um, Westworld's one of those. You know, it's brilliantly made and written and shot. But at points, it is just overly confusing to the point where you, know, you just wonder what the actual point of that is. I hear you, man. Um, and then that's kind of like, in the first couple of seasons, that kind of put me off a little bit where you'd not pay attention for five minutes and then wonder what the hell was kind of going on and who these other people were and which kind of world you were kind of in now. But yeah, generally um, generally a very good show, though. Better Call Soul, the fifth season is on Netflix at the moment. I think today was episode five or six. Controversial statement, but I think Better Call Soul is better than Breaking Bad. Wow. Yes. To be honest, I haven't seen uh, Better Call Soul in its entirety, so I think I'm not going to speak in absolutes because I would have... <laughs> Nor should you, sir, until the whole show has been aired because like, I think Breaking Bad, you can just kind of judge it as a, as a complete package, whereas Better Call Soul hasn't concluded yet. But no, I think it's a very, I think it's an amazing show in its own right, um, Better Call Soul. It's very, very different, but kind of retains that same kind of aspect and feel as Breaking Bad. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's, they're just, um, what's the guy called who created it? Gilligan or something. Oh, uh, Mike Mike Gilligan, something like that. Yeah, yeah, he's a good writer, man. Um, 
yeah, I'll, I'll need to catch up on that myself. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's just finding the time again. Yeah. Another underrated um, series that I've watched recently, I think the second series just came out, is I think it's just called Formula One on Netflix. Um, even if you don't like Formula One as a sport or racing as a sport, or even if you're not into sport at all, it is such a good series. That's two series now. The first series, it, it follows kind of some of the middle-of-the-pack, lower-type teams and racers, and it shows a lot more of... Uh, you know, the behind the scenes type stuff that goes into Formula One, all of the kind of politics and you know, the ownership struggles and the struggles between the drivers and the rivalries, and then the kind of technology side as well and the development side. Um, it's shot brilliantly. If you've got like a 4K TV and, you watch, and you've got the 4K package on Netflix, you watch it with that. Um, it looks amazing. The second season, obviously, because the first season did so well, they've got a lot more access to more of the bigger name race drivers like Lewis Hamilton and people like that and it goes even more kind of in depth into it it's just such an underrated series I think and like I say even if you don't like Formula One or sport just watch it for the the whole kind of politics and, and all, you know the the rivalries and all that kind of thing it's really really interesting oh nice man I'll have to check that out as you say like, I'm not like a major like like fan of like Formula One but I heard it was the same as that documentary that came out, you know, Senna years ago. Yeah. Um, uh, and again, I'm not a fan, but that documentary was amazing um, because it was a character study. And I think to your point, if it's about like people and the internal politics and all of that kind of stuff, then yeah, it's right on my street. So yeah, man, thanks for the recommendation. I'll check that out. Definitely. And then another one um, from last week, which I, I binged watched in the space of two days, uh, which I've been raving to everyone about, uh, Tiger King. Oh man, yeah, I saw that pop up. This is about a, a very brief synopsis of it. A guy in the US in um, the arse end of nowhere in Oklahoma somewhere called uh, Joe Exotic. I think American people will probably be more aware of him than people in Europe. But I knew of him because Louis Theroux did a documentary on him like 15 years ago or oh, something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the man. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he owns a, a private zoo. He's got like hundreds of tigers and lions and all this and... For years, there's been all this kind of, you know, controversy about him, the way he treats animals and his kind of rivalry with um, animal rights peoples. And then just his kind of, let's say his lifestyle, you know, he's an openly gay, gun-toting redneck, basically, um, with a crazy bleached mullet. And, you know, he's just a, a strange character, let's say. Uh, you know, he ran for president in 2006 and ran for Congress and all of this sort of stuff. But basically, I think it was last year he ended up being sentenced to 22 or 23 years in prison for his part in a, a hit that was he was trying to sort of take out on a, a rival of his. Um, and also, I think he got charged with you know killing some of his tigers as well. And you know, they're classed as an endangered species. You don't have to just kill them. So yeah, you know. Over all the years, what's great about this is, you know, he had his own kind of internet TV show. So he filmed everything in his park himself. But then he also had a producer there filming all of this as a kind of um, like reality show as well, kind of in the background. So they've got all this footage from, you know, the last, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years of great footage. And then, you know, things they probably shouldn't be recording as well. And 
you know, so it gives a really good insight into this really, really weird world. And again, as you kind of watch it through, each episode tends to focus on a different kind of character, I guess, that's, you know, involved in this. Um, and it kind of slowly plays out the story over the years, um, giving each people's view on that story. Um, and again, as you get further on, you know, more people get involved. There are lots of like twists and unexpected turns. And then you've also got people having their arms ripped off by tigers. And it's as you do. Yeah. As you do yeah. That's the thing, mate. I think because um, like certain things pop up on Netflix and because there's so much choice, unless I get a recommendation from like a mate like this, you know, like you telling me, yeah, check it out. It's good. I probably just wouldn't bother. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because there's certain things I just think, well, uh, like maybe, maybe in another life. But it's just, yeah, certain things just either grab me or they don't. But that sounds really interesting, man. I'll get have to check that out as well when I. Now yeah. I've got the time in the world. I've got so much exactly. time. Exactly. We're we're in isolation now. We're in lockdown in the UK, man. Got, Nothing got, else got, to do. Nothing absolutely. else to do. Exactly. See, I started watching it last Thursday, and I recommended it to a friend on um, on Twitter. I think Friday morning. And then by, and it was, I think there's seven episodes, about an hour each. You know, Friday night, he tweeted, like, I've just binge-watched the whole thing. It was amazing. It was just weird as hell, but brilliant. Um, and that's kind of what I think of it as well. It's, it's really good, really worth a watch. Oh, nice. What other notable mentions have I got? For those that have Apple TV, um, For All Mankind was a really good series, really worth watching. Narcos Mexico, the last series of that, uh, came out a little while back. Maybe it was that January or February. I think I binge-watched all of that. Another very underrated show um, is just finished on HBO, Kidding, with uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah, it's Jim Carrey. So it was the second season that just finished, wasn't it, I think? Was it the second? Yeah, it was yeah. second. So, yeah, it's um, second season was a bit sort of up and down. It started well, then dipped and got a bit weird, but then really, really good ending the last kind of couple of episodes. And again, I initially didn't watch it because I kind of thought, oh, it's Jim Carrey trying to be sensible in a slightly darker role. But it is... Um, I really rate Jim Carrey, man. I rate him, but um, <laughs> I'm not used really to seeing him in those those kinds of roles. And that's kind of... I thought it it could be either amazing or really, really awful. I hear what and you never know that kind of actor. The same like the Adam Sandler type stuff. You know, it could be brilliant or it could be awful. Yeah, I think Jim Carrey's obviously like demonstrated his acting chops like from a time ago. You know, like Truman Show is probably one of my favorite films like of all time. Yeah, and um, he was in uh, like uh, what's it called, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That's like another incredible film. I think he's like, yeah, he's he's obviously done a lot of like cheesy kind of comedies and stuff and the wacky comedies in the nineties and stuff. But yeah, I think when he's when he's concentrating. He can actually do. He's he's really really good, man. So I think um, you know, like tragedy and comedy is like really kind of closely aligned, isn't it? Um, it's like Robin Williams, like actors like that, like comedians. They're so like extroverted. I think they're the ones who suffer with the most demons. Yeah, because um, Jim Carrey's definitely like. I mean, he's he's kind of um been on one for the last few years, hasn't he? You know, in terms of like voicing his opinions, just kind of not giving a fuck attitude. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, yeah, this show's just <laughs> a good kind of representation probably of where he is in his career right now. 
Yeah, definitely. And it kind of comes across, you know, you, you almost see that transition in the, the show as well, you know, for, for those that haven't seen it, and I won't give too much away. But he's a, you know, a world-famous kids' TV presenter. You know, his TV show is syndicated to you know, every country on the planet. Um, everyone in America kind of knows who he is. He's, you know, world-famous. And then he has this kind of tragic event happen, and you kind of slowly see him unravel and it gets darker and darker and it obviously gets to the point at the end where yeah he starts to realize you know who he is and how his um how this kind of strange tv career has affected his life and his family life and you know he starts to have that you know don't give a fuck attitude and you see him sort of transition into that and it's a it's a really good watch and yes it's it's comedic but it's also um very very dark as well in places yeah, no, it's um, what I've seen so far has been absolutely fantastic. But I haven't seen uh, season two yet, so I'll have to give that give that a go soon. Yep, definitely. One other notable mention: now that people are um, stuck inside for the foreseeable future, perhaps, do you watch um, Taskmaster over there? No, never heard of it. So. This is a kind of I was going to say panel show. It's not a panel show, but it's hosted by Greg Davis and Alex Horn, I should say, two comedians. And for each series, they have four other comedians on. And throughout the course of the series, they have to um, they get set all these kind of weird and wonderful tasks. Yeah. And they have to kind of come up with certain ways of um, doing these tasks, whether it's the most spectacular way or the most interesting way or whatever it might be. And I think they're on the sixth series now, something like that. But it's just a really fun, enjoyable show to watch. And I like Greg Davis and Alex Horn anyway. Um, And their kind of relationship on there is kind of a taskmaster and like an assistant is, uh, is really funny. It is very British. So there is a US version that Alex Horn does as well. I haven't really watched that. But the UK version is... There's a lot of UK-type humour in there, so I don't know if uh, the American people listening will necessarily get it, but I think it's worth checking out and it's worth uh, giving it a watch. But I only mention it because what they're doing at the moment, I think starting yesterday, is um, setting tasks for people at home to do on a daily basis, and then you can like record it and send it into them via, I think, Twitter, um, then they're kind of picking winners and creating you know, video clips and montages and stuff like that. So, you know, if you are bored at home or you have kids that are bored at home, then um, it's worth looking up Taskmaster on Twitter and seeing what tasks they're setting on a daily basis. And they may, they may sound mundane, like the first one was yesterday, and it was um, throw an A4 piece of paper um, into a bin uh, the most, like, I think it was the most, the most spectacular way wins. So, you know, in this task itself, you know, there are no rules other than the paper you're throwing has to be of A4 size originally, and it has to go into a bin. You can interpret that in whatever way you want, and you can then, you know, create that video in any way you want. So you could do something spectacular, like, you know, you could throw it off the top of a roof or do some kind of trick shot or you could, you know, edit some crazy over-the-top video together. It's completely open to interpretation. Um, And that's what, when you watch the show, that's what's really good about it because you have four comedians 
and they obviously interpret these tasks all in a, a very different way, let's say, at times. Now, on, on, on that kind of note, when you say to kind of, um, you know, keeping people busy with kids and whatnot, um, have you seen on Instagram? Do you follow Bun B on Instagram? I don't know. <laughs> he started, um, it's quite sweet. He started reading like children's stories um, um, for like Save the Children. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like Bun B just like casually like, like reading stories at one called Peter Cat. <laughs> it's actually like quite heartfelt. That's quite random. I know it is. It's quite I'll cool. Have to, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah. So um, whilst we're on that, unless you've got anything else to talk about on the uh, that's my lot movies and and show front, shall we talk about some music? Go on, then. you can uh, you can lead the line here because I haven't listened to an awful lot recently. So it's no secret that I want to talk about the new uh, J Electronica album. Oh, what a, a surprise! Testimony. <laughs> so. Um, so obviously this album was a long, a long, long time coming, like 15 years or something ridiculous. Yeah, I think he announced um, it 10 years ago, didn't he, that he was starting to record again. Is that when he first signed to uh, Rock Nation? Yeah, it was around uh, then, yeah. Yeah, 2010, and obviously he just had a few singles here and there since, and then like Kendrick just bodied everyone on that uh, Big Sean Control verse. Um, and... I haven't really heard much of him since. And obviously he's, I think he's dealt with a lot of personal issues like addiction, um, you know, questionable women, uh, all kinds of different reasons, but um, he's finally, he's finally done it. And I think the kind of, I think the kind of um, the common criticism that this had was that it heavily, heavily features Jay-Z on it. Yeah. Um, to the point that it's more of a, it seems like more of an unofficial kind of joint album rather than a solo J Electronica album. Very much so. I think Jay Z doesn't appear. He's not on. Is it two or three of the tracks? And that's it. Yeah, he's um, he's not on the intro. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Fruits of the Spirit, and um, I can't remember the, the name of the other one. But um, to be honest, though, like it doesn't it doesn't bother me. I think that it it really kind of compliments the record i know that they both kind of worked together over what was it 40 day 49 period yeah to put it together um yeah i think i i, I couldn't fault it <laughs> i i love i love this album like i've heard um uh i've heard some kind of you know critics that, that i really respect who you know a, a lot less favorable than that <laughs> no, not Joe Budden. I don't no. respect him as a critic. I saw Anthony Fantano with um, the needle drop, um, but no, I, I really, really rated this. I think um, considering what's going on in the world at the moment, and maybe it was my kind of like mental state at the time as well. It just kind of really resonated at the time. Um, sonically, it just sounds really crisp. Um, bars are on point. Um, they obviously rap a lot about their their religion um which is not something that resonates with me um however the, there's obviously a lot of like passion there for the subject if that makes sense mm-hmm. um some of the production on this thing is absolutely mad as well the um uh the track um the never ending story produced by alchemist is just like pff, yeah that's instrumental of the year for me uh it's got that kind of like war of the worlds vibe of the kind of like real like creepy like electric guitar that comes through um yeah i'll just right i'll I'll go into it track by track but before that have you heard this album what's your 
initial yes. what's your initial reaction to this mate yes i have um i've listened to this album probably three or four times i think since it kind of came out was it start of last week about a week ago to be fair when i've listened to it it has been on more in the background i haven't just sat there and listened to it and focused on it so yeah, I couldn't name you um, a specific track off of it that I think is better than anything else. But mm-hmm. from what I've heard, and kind of just those end-to-end listens three or four times, um, I'm, I'm kind of with you, to be fair. I think the the production's brilliant. Uh, a lot of the, the samples that are in there are really well worked. They sound great. Um, as you mentioned, the bars are on point. I think this is some of Jay-Z's best work. Um, it's really got the best out of him, which I think when I saw he was featuring on so many tracks, um, I kind of worried slightly that he might have mm. dialed it in a little bit. Um, but no, I think it really brought out the best in him. Um, and, and yeah, in, even you know, Jay Electronica himself, um, you know, all of his stuff, his stuff is completely on point as well. And I had that fear as well, you know, because it's been hyped up for, for 10 years. The singles he's put out have been really good and everyone's kind of thought, you know, they're going to be a, a, a representation or a flavour of the album to come. They probably were at the time. Um, it had, you know, I think he had so much on his shoulders in terms of what he was going to, what he had to kind of put out to to satisfy music fans and hip hop fans, and mm-hmm. while I while I wouldn't say it's you know one of my I don't know top five albums ever, um, I certainly don't think he's let any fans down. I, I think it's genuinely a very very good album. And as I say that, and before you get into your track by track breakdown, I need to run to the front door and let somebody in. So hold on one second. Let's continue, shall we? Yes, we shall. That was good timing, mate. I really needed water. Drink your water. Get hydrated. And, yeah. uh, all right, hit me. Right. So, a written testimony. So, we do like a, a do like kind of a track-by-track breakdown. I won't go into too much depth and detail, considering you haven't sat down and listened to it properly in depth yet, Steve. Yeah. But uh, I'll just kind of run through some kind of, like, highlights. Um, so, you know, the intro, I think this is what kind of sparked up a little bit of controversy as well. You know, it was um, the uh, the overwhelming event. Um, and it's a speech by the uh, minister, Louis Farrakhan. And um, I think this is where, like, some people have said that he has made kind of anti-Semitic um, speech in the past and stuff. And obviously, Jay Electronica champion, championing it on this record is a little bit controversial. But again, it's not something I can necessarily tap into because I don't know anything about him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I saw, um, who did I see from, from Hot 97 tweeting about, is it Hot 97? Yeah. Wherever he's from, yeah. I can't think of his name now, the the, the DJ um, there, yeah. Uh, tweeting Jay about it, and there was some some back and forth about uh, about the content of that, yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's kind of like I'm, I'm guessing that's um, riled a few people up, but where, where you don't have the context, it's hard to really form an opinion on it. Um, but obviously, if he's you know made anti-Semitic remarks, then that's terrible. Um, edit that out. <laughs> um, so I'm just waffling on. So anyway, 
on to the next one. Uh, the Ghost of Soldier Slim is kind of upbeat, and this is where you first get... Um, the, the strange thing is that Jay-Z is the first um, of the MCs to actually um, rap on, on, this, on this record, um, which kind of sets a bit of a strange tone, if that makes sense. Like, I think... It doesn't bother me. It wouldn't normally bother me, but I think if it was like your name on the project, you would want to open with it. Yeah, or definitely. Maybe, do you know what I mean? It kind of sets a sets a bit of a strange um, strange tone. But overall, the um, the track is the track is really really good. Um, it's it's kind of upbeat. Um, the bars are good. Um, instrumentals are heavy. Uh, leads on to the next track, the the blinding featuring Travis Scott. Um, I think this is is this Arab music who produced this one. I think it's Arab music, but it's um yeah this this was a really really good one. I think probably the most like commercially viable on the record. It's the like the least lo-fi in terms of production. As most of the other tracks on this thing are quite like dusty and lo-fi and like atmospheric. Do you know what I mean? And this one's a bit more kind of like bass bass heavy yeah. and synthy. Yeah, I enjoyed this one. Um, the Never Ended Story, as I mentioned before, is my favourite track on the album. Um, I think The Alchemist absolutely kills it on this instrumental. With the guitars, just the the atmosphere, just like just everything about it, I really, really like. I think both Jay-Z and Jay Electronica do a fantastic job on this one. Um, the Shiny Suit Theory was actually an old track. It's 10 years old, this one, isn't it? Yes, I remember that floating around um, years and years ago, yeah. So he makes the reference on there that he's with like P Diddy and Diddy says to him like you know fuck the underground you need to win a Grammy um, and I was thinking would he be hanging out with Diddy now um, I think he still does actually I think they're very good friends yes oh really yes <laughs> yeah so this is it it's um, it's I, I just wasn't I don't know that the bar kind of like took me back so I remember like um, in exhibit C um with it was just blaze i think he produced that one and he was kind of do you remember that verse on exhibit c where he just kind of like reels off all those people he's yeah. kind of like name name dropping almost like the expectation to your point he's made earlier is so high for you to release a record people like, telling him to drop the album yeah, yeah stars hit me up on the phone and yeah. all that kind of stuff. yeah and like did he send a text every hour on a dot saying why do you, yeah why are you taking so long and um yeah so i thought oh maybe this was around like the same kind of time i have Recollections that it was, or the, the song may have changed completely, but I do remember there being a track called um, "Shiny Suit Theory" floating around quite some time back. What was the um, name of the track? I'm actually going to Google it now. Um, it was "Reflection Eternal," so it's like Talib and Most, uh, well, Talib and High Tech, rather. Uh, and they did the track with Most Def and Jay Electronica and J Cole, um, because I remember his Jay Electronica's verse on there was smooth, man. When he's just like going across the bridge can I have a cig oh, I can't remember what he says but it's just I need to google the name of this song Just Begun yeah that's the one Just Begun Reflection Eternal go hit that track up because it's amazing um, so anyway back to a written testimony so after um, uh, Shiny Suit Theory you've got Universal Soldier and um, apparently James Blake's on this record which I didn't realise until recently Um Again, I mean, he's quite heavily involved in a lot of the like a lot of the recent kind of more kind of critically acclaimed hip hop releases. Um, he's done. He's worked with a lot of artists, hasn't he? He's worked with like Kendrick Lamar and others. Yeah. I know he was, he's featured heavily on uh, the Black Panther soundtrack. Um, but I think yeah, he he 
you, after I found it, he was on it. You can really kind of tell, like um, the the kind of the vocal um, thing that he does in the background is kind of signature for him. Are you a fan of James Blake, Steve? Um, so so. I'm obviously not. I'm not massively aware of um, a lot of his stuff. I'm aware of him in some of the stuff he's worked on, but um, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't profess to be a fan. But yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Um, so yeah, that Universal Soldier's decent. Um, Flux Capacitor um, is probably my least favorite album. Uh, album song on the album. Um, it's got a bit of a, a bizarre kind of beat switch. Um, I just think it's 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 hard on it's hard on the ear if that makes sense. It's kind of like hard to process. Mm-hmm. Um, where the rest of the album flows really really nicely, this song is a little bit too jarring for me. Um, but uh, you know uh, that's probably just down to preference to be honest. It has Rihanna on it surprisingly. Oh, does it? I'm just, yeah, I'm just looking. I'm looking at the writing credits at the moment, and uh, oh, right. she, she's oh, at least credited on there. Yes, I don't, but that may be from a maybe a sample or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna say um, that's the thing. There's quite a lot of um, uncredited artists on this on this project. Because um, I know there's because um, I know Pharrell was listed. Um, I'm just trying to flick through the writing credits now. Because I think Pharrell was listed on there as a writer. Because there's. Um, there was a rock star sample on one of the tracks, I think, if I remember rightly. But now I'm looking. Now I'm looking for. It, I can't find it. But yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Whilst you're looking for that, the next track, "Fruits of the Spirit." Um, I think this was produced by No ID. This one. Do you remember that track? Um, Never been in love by Talib Kweli uh-huh. uh, that came out. Uh, I think it was. Just, I think it's Just Blaze who produced it, and this was. Yeah, this must have been a decade ago. Um, because it, it's exactly the same sample, if you listen to it. Right, okay. It's exactly the same. I was listening to it. I was like, you know, it's like, dun, 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 dun. I was like, yeah. I know that, I know that melody, melody from somewhere. That's, yes, like, that's what I was trying to think of the other day, because I remember hearing that, and I was like, oh, where do I know that from? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely that Just Blaze beat. Um, I wonder if he's given him a nod or anything, but obviously it would have been sampled from somewhere else previously anyway, but I was just like, that's so familiar. That's going to really annoy me. Um, so Ezekiel's wheel, um, this one's kind of, kind of slow, atmospheric, repetitive. It's got that kind of like singing on the bridge where it goes real falsetto. Like, Oh, I'm like, okay. Yeah. That's How does nice. it go again? <laughs> okay. Beautiful. And you can you can do something like that in the edit as well if you want, mate. Make me sound even more of an idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that was a good one, and it kind of all kind of wraps up into the last track, um, API DTA. Um, and I really like this song. It's very kind of like um, introspective, heartfelt. Um, it kind of starts with Jay Z's verse when he's just like, uh, "There's numbers on my phone that I'll never ring again," like referring to kind of you know dead friends and stuff like that. It's, yeah, it's just, it's just just a nice little kind of way to wrap up the album. Just looking at the discography now, looking at the writing credits, because it's going to really bother me. Who produced that one? Ah, that's it. Um, and I'll, I'm not too sure how to pr- pronounce this band, but um, cr- uh, is it Krangbin? They're like um, some kind of prog rock, uh, like psychedelic band. And I did read that they were involved in this album somewhere. Okay. Produced the uh, the final track of the album, which is actually quite mad. Just flicking through myself. Oh yeah, I see. Yeah, it's it's strange. It's just kind of a um, 
like a very interesting and diverse group of people involved in making this album and it just seems to be very very organic if that makes sense it's got ryan e ryan that's ryan brian eno and robert fripp on ezekiel's wheel so robert fripp was in um he was in king crimson who, who were a famous um who still are a, a famous prog rock band and Robert Fripp's actually from Wimborne, which is a little fact. That, uh, you, oh, which down is, near us. Down near us. Is, uh, well, obviously, Steve's based in Finland now, but originally he's from Paul in Dorset, um, which is how we know each other, which is a little town on the south coast of England. And Wimborne is a, a kind of a neighbouring, would you say, village? Yeah, it's a village, I think it's classed as. Yeah, yeah. it's a, a neighbouring village. And, uh, yeah, Robert Fripp um, is a famous guitarist, songwriter uh, from the band King Crimson, who are, like, world famous, to be fair. And um, yeah, I didn't realise he was involved in this album too. And Brian Eno, which is mad. Again, I think that might be based off of a sample that's used in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say. That's um, still crazy to see. Yeah. Right, I'm going to... I have to like dig into this more. Should probably have done this before the podcast started, but... <laughs> whatever. That's not bad. We've had, we've had a track-by-track track run through. That's not bad at we all. We have. We have. So um, yeah, just to conclude then, I think my favourite... Um, my favourite track is The Never Ending Story, um, Fruits of the Spirit, just because it was reminiscent of that old Talib track, and I really rated that. And I love the closing track as well. Um, I, yeah, I really rated this album. Um, a good kind of way to gauge that is the uh, the amount of times I've actually revisited it since it dropped two weeks ago. So normally, when I mean, you know the way we kind of digest music these days, we're from kind of a living in like a singles generation everything's kind of instant gratification it's very kind of disposable you listen to it and you forget about it instantly um it's very kind of hard to uh, you know unless you're kind of uh, you know a, a kind of a music purist and you like buying kind of physical media and sitting down and, and actually listening to an album end to end it's very hard to kind of digest an album but with this i found it completely effortless um which is a testament to it i'd say uh, so yeah, big thumbs up from me, man. Yeah, I've got to say, um, like I say I wasn't paying complete attention to um, to when I kind of ran through each time, but I will generally find on the first listen, I will flick through tracks. I'll listen to you know maybe two minutes of a track, and if I'm not feeling it, I'll just skip to the next. But with yeah. this album, it did just stay on in the background, um, and every kind of beat that I heard, I, I really liked. It's weird, isn't it? It's like. I was saying the other day, it's like a glitch in the matrix. Like it almost shouldn't live up to the hype because it's been kind of on the cards for so long. This has been building up for years and we've been anticipating Jay Electronica to drop this album for so long. It's finally here and it's as good as I wanted it to be. Yeah. And it should, and it shouldn't be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of blew my mind a bit. So yeah, props to that. Nice. So uh, a ringing endorsement from yourself, then. Yeah, definitely, man. And before we start going too long, uh, what else have you been listening to recently? Anything else that's popped up? Uh, to be honest, man, um, I've listened to... I, I gave the new Childish Gambino album a listen, uh, which I'm really enjoying so far, but I probably haven't had enough time to really digest it yet. Yeah. But I'll I tell you what album I do love. I love the um, Denzel Curry, Kenny Beats album that came out like about a month and a half, two months ago. Okay. Um, have you heard that yet? I haven't, no. Oh, mate, it's called Unlocked. It is absolutely amazing. Go check it out. Do you like Denzel Curry? Yes, I do, yes. yes. Yeah, go and check it out because as a whole package, 
the album is absolutely incredible. It dropped like unexpectedly on all platforms, just out the blue, with an accompanying um, like animated video. And I think they also released it on like a Nintendo 64 like cartridge or something. It was like you know really kind of obscure and, and quirky. But the album is absolutely fucking banging. Um, I really rate Kenny Beats as a producer as well. I think the two of them just work so well together. So that's a huge recommendation from me, Unlocked, and it's all, on all platforms at the moment. So check that out. That's next on my list. Yeah, you'll like it, Steve. I think that'll be right up your street. Good stuff. I'll give that a listen probably this evening, actually. Yeah. I guess the, the only kind of other notable... Um, well, there's probably been loads of releases, but the only kind of notable one that I can think of... Um, recently that i think we maybe mentioned on instagram over the weekend or something was the the new album by the weekend oh yeah man i can't remember the name of it now again it i've seen kind of mixed mixed reviews um i think critically it's it's got fairly positive reviews i think from fans and stuff some aren't massively impressed by it i've got to say it was like the j album um i put it on in the background at first didn't skip any of it where I thought I probably would skip through um, some of it. Um, and I, I really like it end to end. Again, I, I couldn't sit here and name you the, the tracks individually because I've not sat down and really gone deep into it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I love the whole kind of... I, I like his sound and his style anyway. I like the way yeah, the album's same. been produced, that kind of real 80s synthy kind of sound. I like the way, you know, I like the way that he writes personally. You know, he, he actually always writes based on his own personal experiences. And I think, you know, throughout this album, as with a lot of his other stuff, it's about, you know, his kind of on and off relationships and, and, and things like that. But yeah, I, I just felt a, a fairly strong album end to end, basically. After Hours, it's called. That's after the one, hours. yeah. Uh, I, I personally, I, I think this is probably, in my own opinion, his best album since trilogy because trilogy when that came out and that's his that's his debut album yeah um and i think it was i think it's compiled from like a series of mixtapes and uh, do you remember there was quite a lot of like mystery surrounding the weekend when he first came on the scene yeah um and i think we with me when we saw him live um i think you may have in london was it wireless festival that's it i was there yeah 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 yeah. and um he played kind of on the second stage because obviously he wasn't like a major superstar but he was on the up and up at the time and i'm so glad that i saw him then um because it it was just kind of you know he's he's just a major star now obviously who headlined that when we were there was it drake uh, or did Drake? Just, I, or did Drake? I think it was Drake, and he bought the weekend weekend out for a song as well, like yeah, when he did the headline. Yeah, that rings a bell. I think we'd had quite yeah. a few beers and stuff that day, hadn't we? So, yeah. yeah, man, I remember seeing the Roots as well. I think it was the same weekend, um, but they had like a, an earlier slot, which was criminal. So I got right to the front. I was just like, yeah. But um, yeah, trilogy was, a, was absolutely amazing. And to your point, he does. He's, he's very kind of candid and honest in his writing. It's very, and you can see him maturing as an artist, like throughout his career as well. Yeah. Like obviously the early kind of lyrics and that were very, very kind of not like immature and juvenile, but more kind of like, you know, free spirited and, you know, not give a fuck kind of thing. And, you know, lots of drugs, lots well, yeah, of girls. Based on that lifestyle. Yeah. That he's living yeah, yeah, at the exactly. time. Exactly, man. Exactly. He's kind of matured and, um, somewhat going through the years and i don't like all of this stuff like some of his more i hate i hate using the term commercial sounding because ultimately he is a commercial artist but um you know the kind of more kind of 
made for the charts as opposed to more um you know introspective accounts of what of his life and what he's doing yeah like i I, I like that stuff he does i'm not too big on the kind of star boy stuff that he put out um, See, I don't mind that because I, I like the kind of juxtaposition of, of that kind of poppiness. But then, like, you know, I can't feel my face or whatever it's called. You know, it, yeah, it's a real poppy song. Yeah, he wins all these kind of kids awards, but it's about taking too much cocaine. It's, yeah, you, yeah. you know, it's like yeah, yeah, it, yeah, exactly at the heart that, of it, yeah. it's still really dark. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's a very, very good point. And I think um, a lot of people lack that context, maybe, because um, at surface level, you only get that kind of upbeat tune and you don't really look into it but no no i, I like yeah yeah that's i've never really looked at it that way man yeah um any other notable recent releases you can think of uh off the top of my head they are the only ones um but no doubt i'll get back to music very shortly because we've got so much time on my hands i'm just going to be spending it listening to listening to music and digging up older albums i haven't listened to in a while you know revisiting some classics and um and trying to discover some new bits and bobs so no i think i'll probably just take a bit more time to like digest what's out there at the moment uh yeah. childish gambino one I really like so i want to give a bit more time to that likewise with this weekend release i'll probably still be bumping jay electronica as well um yeah, that's it from me, man. Yeah, I think I need to make a bit more of a an effort in the coming sort of days and weeks to uh, start listening to some some more newer stuff and yeah, go back through the sort of old back catalogues and pull out some stuff I've not listened to in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Have you have you had any? Um, were you due to go to any gigs in the coming weeks or months or anything? Anything that's been cancelled? Luckily, luckily not, mate. I hadn't. Um, I hadn't um, had anything booked. I haven't been to a gig in a long time, actually. I think. The last one I went to was a local one, like a local kind of punk band. But I haven't, no, I haven't um, been to like any kind of like, you know, stadium shows or anything for a long time anyway. Yeah. How about yourself? I know you do try to get to quite a few in Finland. Yeah, occasionally. Uh, I don't get to as many as I'd I'd like. Um, the thing is, in, in Finland, a lot of artists skip it, and some artists that come here I've seen numerous times anyway, so I don't mind yeah. missing them. And, but yeah, I did. I, I won't go into too much detail here. I'll probably leave this for my, my other podcast later this week, perhaps already next week. But yeah, I flew over to Berlin a couple of weeks ago to see um, Khalees' 20th anniversary tour of Kaleidoscope. You know you told me about that on the last podcast we did together. Did I? Yeah, you, you told me you had plans to go over there. I completely forgot. And we did actually speak about um, Berlin, didn't we? Because I, think, I, yeah, I, I think, remember... Oh, yeah, yeah, you recommended some places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how was it, man? Yeah, so, you know, luckily she did... She had one show before Berlin. She did Berlin. I think she did one after. And then, obviously, the tour got scrapped and cancelled. I think she's looking to rebook most of them for, you know, later in the year or next year or something. Yeah. But... It was, it was, again, I won't go into too much detail here. It was, it was a mixed bag. It was brilliant seeing, you know, those 20-year-old classic Neptune's tracks that I absolutely love. Kaleidoscope's one of my favourite albums. So to see some of those songs live, and I've seen her do some of those, some songs live in the past, but there are a lot of album tracks that she's never even performed live before. Um, as you could tell when she was reading the lyrics from a book uh, at the front of the stage. <laughs> and it, it was a mixed bag, like... I'm glad I got to see her early, you know, on the sort yeah. of second date. She had a bit more energy. She seemed kind of quite up for it. She seems to kind of like Berlin anyway. Cool city, man. Have you been before? No, I've not. No, it's the first time there, actually. I love that city. But yeah, I heard from like, I think her next gig was 
is it like Belgium or somewhere? I can't remember. But um, I had I had some friends or people that I know that went to that, and they just said it was crap. They said, you know, she didn't seem interested. Um, it was very lackluster. Yeah, yeah. I kind of get that. You know, she, you know, her promote the promotion around the tour beforehand was all very, very negative. She's supposedly kind of self-funding the tour. Um, yeah. which is why she's not offering refunds for the can- the cancelled gigs um, and ha- you know, rebooking them all, which is a bit harsh, but I think they're worried that you know, they won't resell the tickets after if they offer refunds. Um, mm. So it, it was a mixed bag. Like I say, it was, it was good to see some of those sort of classic tracks that I love. The last 20 minutes were all like, um, like EDM stuff, like the stuff she's done with like David Guetta and, and people like that. It's sort of dancey tracks that I'm not really familiar with and wasn't really feeling so it turned into a bit of a fucking you know house party at the end for the last 20 minutes that's <laughs> yeah. what she seemed to enjoy the most i guess probably because she actually makes money from those songs and she enjoys performing them um <laughs> but yeah you, you know but it was a mixed bag and like i say it was good to kind of see her and some of those tracks but um if she toured it for the 25th anniversary or the 30th anniversary I, I don't think i'd be going to see it that's fair enough, mate. But at least, you know, that's the thing. You, you, you chose your time well and you still went over there and you got to experience Berlin as well. So well, I think I was lucky more than anything, but yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, life's about luck sometimes. Yeah, and, you know, you could get over there and also, you know, met someone else that, um, you know, a podcast listener and stuff and oh, got, got to hang out with some some people over there. And, and yeah, it was, a, it was a good weekend. Well, a few days in the week, actually. But um, yeah, hopefully I'll uh, be able to head back to Berlin at some point in the future. Nice man. Yeah, when when all this blows over, we're allowed to leave our houses. Um, we'll have to we'll have to make a trip over there. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Should we wrap things up there then, mate? Let's let's do it, man. Let's do it. All right, mate. Um, lovely to to chat shit for an hour about yeah, stuff stuff that man. we enjoy. Hopefully, people out there listening. Yeah, this was just a bit of a random light relief therapy. and yeah this is therapy for us during this lockdown madness with the covid um because we being in the uk it's um yeah we've just gone into full lockdown mode as of today so it's been good just to catch up and and just shoot the shit for an hour and um encourage everyone to do likewise call your homeboys definitely yeah if there's anyone out there that wants to um jump on the podcast and not necessarily do a neptunes or an nerd track and just come on and talk about stuff that's yeah, going on in the world at the moment, whether that's music, movies, TV, clothes, sneakers, whatever, then um, I'm more than happy to do that. So do feel free to get in touch. Yeah, boy. In the meantime, Tom, where can people find you and your uh, your brilliant podcast? Oh, thanks, man. Well, obviously, we're going to be, uh, we probably won't be putting content out for a little while, but there's a massive back catalogue of episodes you can catch up with. Uh, run a UK hip hop podcast. We do talk about hip hop generally, not just UK hip hop. And it is at Shotgun V Orcs. H. <laughs> I always do this. <laughs> at S H O T T H E A U X. Shotgun the Orcs uh, on all platforms and YouTube as well. I'll put the correct spelling in the show notes because you messed it up twice. But don't worry, did no, I? It's all right. <laughs> don't, don't worry, I'll fix it for you. It's all right. Uh, I'll, I'll say it again then. So Shotgun the Orcs at S-H-O-T-G-U-N. That's the bit I forgot, I think. Yep. T-H-E-A-U-X, Shotgun the Orcs, all digital platforms and YouTube. Take three. Well done, mate. I'll I'll leave that in the edit as well. (laughs) 
Cheers, man. Thank you. And everyone else, um, you can find me at Steve R. Penny online on Instagram and Twitter and all that. And the podcast at Others Podcast, Others with a Z. And like I say, if you want to jump on, come and chat for an hour or something. Or even if you want to tra- chat about a certain track, then just send me a message. Reach out on uh, via the website, via Instagram, Twitter, whatever you fancy. And we will try and get that arranged. In the meantime, make sure you stay indoors, make sure you take care, make sure you look after yourself and your friends and your family and all that jazz. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. What he said. Peace.